Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying... One to another, behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthenians and Medes, Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia, and in Judea and Cappadocia and in Pontus and in Asia, Phygeria, Pamphylia in Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes, Cretes, and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before that great and noble day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that's a lot of reading, more than I normally read. And I don't propose to be before you too long. We certainly, certainly need your prayers for just a few minutes. So I want to go back to the first of the chapter. Looks like we're out of luck on the mics, so I'll just have to be extra loud for you tonight. Verse 2 said, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. So if we had a thought or something of that nature, it would be 
a rushing mighty wind. And now, you know I'm a school teacher, so I, that plays a part in how I read things. This says, as of a rushing mighty wind. Now, folks, I want you to know the, the wind, there wasn't a hurricane blew through there. When you read that, if you study English, it says, as of a rushing mighty wind. That's what folks that study English call assembly. That means like. Now, but let's take a look here for just a minute. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and here's some precursors, I guess you'd say, some things that had to happen before the wind would blow. They were all with one accord in one place. That's the only way the wind's going to blow at Dutch Bottoms. We'll all have to be in one mind, in one accord, in one place. And it might not be that we have to be right physically here in the building. You might be watching on Facebook. You might be at home and, and taking care of yourself and sick or whatever. But I can tell you this, if we're ever going to get where we need to be with the Lord, we'll all have to come together. We'll all have to be in one mind and one accord. Let's go on. And it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were, and notice here's that little word again, A-L-L. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so a rushing mighty wind. And have you ever been in one of those? <laughs> we had a good breeze, a good strong breeze come by here just a few minutes ago. And I seen folks raising their hand and I seen folks wiping tears from their eyes and lift, lifting their hands and praising the Lord. There's a good strong breeze blew through here just a minute ago. But I'd like to see us get to the point where it's a mighty rushing wind. Where it fills all the house. Now if the Lord will help me, I'd like to get right in the center of His will and maybe I can feel the wind began to blow. But I'd give anything to see Dutch Bottoms experience a, a mighty rushing wind. I'd like to see it fill all the house. I'd like to see it come to the point where you couldn't sit down. I'd like to see it come to the point where sinners that we've been praying for would either have to come to the altar or hit the door. And that's what happens when the Spirit comes by in a rushing mighty wind. Now we read over where Jesus talked to Nicodemus. And you pray, please pray. We read where Jesus talked to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And he said, Rabbi, we know there are the teacher come from God. For no other man can do the miracles that thou doest. Except the Lord giving that, that power. And Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. And then he had something to say. 
about the wind, didn't he? He said, The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst tell whether it cometh and whither it goeth. And you go outside and very seldom can you see where the wind's coming from or when it's going to blow or, or where it's going to go next, but you can feel it against your skin, can't you? It can, it can cause your hair to muscle just a little bit. And that's the way the Spirit is. You can't look at somebody and we've got to the point in this day and age if somebody says they're religious, we accept that they're a Christian. If somebody says that they're, they're a member at so-and-so church, we accept that they must know what the Spirit is. But it's not always the case, folks. I'm here to tell you today, if you've been saved by the grace of God, the Spirit is what drew you down to an altar of repentance. If you've been saved by the grace of God, the Spirit is what drew you and, and caused you to, to feel grieved in your heart and caused that old condemnation to come on the inside until you knew there was no other choice except get right or get out. And so, the rushing mighty wind, the Jesus said, the wind bloweth where it listeth. And you hear the sound thereof. And I've seen a gentle breeze blow by and the leaves shake. On the trees, I went to Miami one time and there was a tropical storm came through and the trees bent over, the wind blew so hard. I'd like to see the Spirit and power of God come by at, at, at Dutch Bottoms to the point that we couldn't sit still any longer until you had to open your mouth and praise the Lord. We sit so still, we're so quiet. Let me tell you something. When all is right in the world and when we're right with the Lord, we're glad to lift up His name and praise Him because He's the best thing that's ever happened to sinners like you and I. Pray on for this for a little while. Now, let's go down to the valley of the dry bones. Do you remember reading that? I believe it's over in Jeremiah. And, the, and, and so, Jeremiah is there and, and, the, and the man of God says, Jeremiah, can these bones live? And he said, Lord, Thou knowest. And so he, he began to witness and the bones began to come together and the sinew began to hold the bones one to the other and the skin came upon the bones but they were still dead, weren't they? They were still laying right there. And then the man of God told Jeremiah to prophesy and ask the wind to come in and to breathe life into the bones. You have skin, don't you? You have bones, you have sinew that holds those bones together and you were walking around dead in trespasses and sin until the wind came by your way one day and breathed life into you. And when the wind came by and breathed life into those bones, they stood up and were a mighty army. Let me tell you something. Coronavirus may have a lot of folks scared and a lot of folks today may have worried and wondered, what are we going to do next? I'm here to tell you today we're part of a, of a a mighty army that can stand up when the wind blows and never be defeated. A Russian mighty wind. <laughs> you ever come to church and go through the motions? We've all done it. We've all done it. And when you leave and you go back to the house, you're no different than you are when you walk through the door of the church house. Your bones and flesh and sinew but the wind didn't blow. 
It makes a difference when the wind blows, folks. When the Spirit comes by, when John Dyke stands right here and sings, My Real Home, and the good power of God moves in, and people begin to worship and praise the Lord, that's the wind blowing. That's the Spirit and power of God. When Becky sings so much to thank you for, and the church rejoices, when we sing Stroll Over Heaven, and we ain't done it in a while, maybe we need to do it again pretty soon. When we sing Stroll Over Heaven, and we get up and make our move to stroll that way, and the power of God comes by, that's the wind blowing. Oh, when Wendy sings her song, God is still good, and He's still good today, and the power of God comes by, that's the wind blowing. I'm here to tell you today, thank God, woo, for every time I felt the wind. All right. The wind blew and gave them breath. <laughs> Let's back up. Let's go on back to the book of Genesis. There lay man in God's hand. Just dust. God had molded him and he had made him. And there he lay in the image and likeness of, of God. But no life. What did God do? What brought the life about? God breathed into man's nostrils and man became a living soul. Oh, and from that day forward, you and I were responsible for that soul. Did you know that? And I'm going to preach this to you today too. Us as parents, when we bring children into the world, we're responsible for those souls as well. And it's our duty as parents to see to it that those sons and daughters go and ask the Lord to come into their life and save them. The sole responsibility. And now listen, I tried my best to see to it that my boys get a good education. I tried my best to provide them with everything they needed and most of what they wanted. But I'm telling you, the primary responsibility of me as a parent, if they couldn't read their name and boxcar letters, if they were a bum on the street and had nowhere to lay their head, the primary responsibility as the parents of the three boys I had was to see to it that they got saved by the grace of God. This life is just temporary. They're going to a place that's going to be eternal. And my job and your job as moms and dads is to see to it that they're ready to live in heaven with this life is over. All right. The Russian mighty wind. Jeremiah's army stood up, didn't it? When the wind came through. Remember that song? I wish I could remember all of it. We've got the power in the name of Jesus. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. I believe one of the lines says we will not be defeated. When the wind blows and we can do things in the spirit and power of God. Now listen, I've, I've met folks that know the Bible far better than I ever will. They can quote it from Genesis 1 to Revelations 22 and the last verse in that chapter. But without the spirit, Without the wind, now this is what the Bible says, without the Spirit, you are none of mine. We've got to feel the wind blow. Now let's take a look at Paul, and I'll be done here in just a minute. 
You remember when Paul was a prisoner going to see Caesar, I believe it was? And they went to put him on a boat. And I believe this is in Acts chapter 27. They went to put him on a boat. And he warned them. He told them not to, not to set sail, not to go on this journey because he perceived that it would be with much, much loss of the ship and much loss of life. But the centurion believed the owner of the ship over Paul. And so they sailed anyway. And they went and, and there was a big storm, a big tempest came up. And they didn't see the sunshine for 14 days and nights. And all hope, this is the scripture that Paul wrote in Acts, all hope that they should be saved was lost. They gave up. They didn't know what else to do. They threw the tackling off the ship. They threw the wheat off the ship, their cargo, and didn't know what else to do. And Paul said, men, fear not, for an angel has stood by me this night and he's told me that God is going to let me go to see Caesar and he's given me all that's sailing with me. And because Paul believed God, 176 souls were saved. I don't care how dark the storm gets. I don't care where Satan attacks you or attacks me. I'm here to tell you today as long as the wind... As long as the wind blows and we're able to sail, we'll reach home safely one day after a while. They cast down the anchors. They sounded and it was 20 fathoms. Sounded again and it was 15. And they cast down anchors and hoped for the sun to shine. Hope for the day. And some of the men were scared, weren't they? They were afraid that they would go make it. So they cast the little, I guess you'd say the lifeboat over and was going to get in and going to get in it and sail away from the ship. And Paul said, except these abide with the ship, you shall not be saved. I'll tell you what, it's a rough time. It's a rough day. And it's a day where fear rages and Satan's raging in this day and age. But I'm here to tell you today, the safest place we could be is to abide in the ship, is to stay together, to love one another, come in one mind and one accord, and expect the Lord to save. Paul was a prisoner. And when it looked like they couldn't do anything else, they pulled the anchors. You know what got them safe to shore? The wind. The wind. Let me tell you something. Nothing is more important in your life than the Spirit. Nothing. And when... And sometimes we don't realize it until we're in a place where it's at and we don't have it. Have you been there? Boy, I have. You talk about a bad feeling. When people you've got a world of confidence in have tears in their eyes and they're singing and shouting and you can see it all over them. Their countenance is different because the wind's blowing. And then our eyes stand cold. Can't feel a thing. Now listen, you just can't live any which way and have the Spirit. We've got to live godly. That don't mean everything will go smoothly, and I'm going to hush here in just a second. 
That don't mean everything will go well for me and you. I, I, I want you to realize that. This is what the Bible says. Yea, and all that live godly shall... Didn't say might. It didn't say it'd be a bed of roses. It said, yea, and all that live godly shall. You're going to. That's what shall means. Shall suffer persecution. If you've not had it yet, you're going to. I've had them make fun of me. That's all right. I know where I'm going. I've had them say there's nothing to what you got. That's all right. I know where I'm going. I've had folks say, speak ill of me. I've had spoke, folks treat me badly. That's all right. I love them anyway, and I know where I'm going. I know in whom I believe, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that, that I've committed unto him against that day. He'll call my name, and I'll go that way when this life is over. Because of the wind. <laughs> They cut the acres and the wind blew the ship. You remember that song? Used to have a deacon up at Round Mountain singing. I was standing on the banks of the river looking out over life's troubled sea. Waves were rough, but that old ship was sailing. <laughs> Is that the old ship of Zion? I see. Why, you know what I saw this just here a few minutes ago? The good wind blew. That was the ship. She was sailing. Oh, they cut the anchors and the wind blew the ship. Now listen, some of they wanted to kill their prisoners, but the centurion stepped in willing to save Paul. And he told him, he said, everybody that can swim, swim. If you can't swim, grab a piece of the ship. We're all going home. We'll all land safely on the other shore one day. And it'll be because the wind pushed our ship and drove it there. For there are three that by record in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Didn't he say, I'll go away, but I will send you a comforter. You can call it the wind. Suddenly there was a, a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Now, let's go walk in here just a second and I'll be done. Verse 11. Last part of the verse. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Now, I've heard preachers say, I told them. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You made a mess. If I told you, I made a mess. If it's not out of the word of the Lord and preached with all the love God will give a man, it's a mess. 
I have been charged to preach the word. And when I tell you about God, it ought to be about his goodness, about his mercy, about his grace. That don't mean that I, that I won't preach against sin. But when I preach against sin, I ought to be able to tell you how to get out of it, how to get rid of it, how to be clean of it, how to be washed of it, how to, how to go from being miserable to rejoicing. I'm here to tell you today there is good news. In this day and age, God still have mercy. And I guess I read the scripture not too long ago. That his mercies are new every morning. In the verse before that, it said, By His mercies we are not consumed. I'm here to tell you today, God still got mercy. He still got grace. And He can still save, hear me, He can still save at Dutch Bottoms in 2020. Praise God, He already has. And He's going to do it again. If we'll just are you like me? We're right here on the lake. You know where I park all around the corner and wind will be coming off the lake. Blow my hire just a little bit. You know the first thing I do. Then I go on. And I don't think much about that breeze about that puff of wind. If we're not real careful, we do that spiritually. You let somebody give a good spiritual testimony, you let them get up and tears falling down their face and them rejoice and we sit right back and we ignore the wind. If you want it to come through here powerful enough before your sinners can't sit still, you're going to have to welcome it when it comes. You're going to have to have to want it more than anything. Now, I don't know about you, but I already feel better just coming to church tonight. Today has not been a great day. This week has not been a great week as far as in my, in my books. But tonight's been a good night because I got to feel God's Spirit. Tonight, this has been a good place to be because the power of God's been here. And I don't need somebody else to, to say that. I can feel it. You feel the wind, don't you? You feel the wind. But if it's just a little cool, you know what it does? It stands up the higher on your arm or on the back of your neck. You let a good strong spirit come by and see what happens. I've had it stand the higher up on my arms or on the back of my neck. I'm here to tell you today, the spirit is what makes all the difference and nothing else will when it comes to the Lord. All right. A rushing, mighty wind. How long has it been since you felt the wind blow? Now, I can't say for you. All I can say is for me. Only you and God know. But if you'd like to feel that spirit that you felt when Jesus saved your soul, it's just a whisper away. It's just a, a prior way to say, Lord, I've strayed. I'm not where I used to be. Would you help me? I'm sorry. Let me feel your spirit. We used to sing a song. Would you let me feel your spirit once again? You can. You don't have to live in misery. You don't have to live 
where you where you can't feel God's spirit, where you're and I tell you what happens when we can't feel the wind blow. We're not satisfied. We're not happy. A Christian that can't feel the Spirit is never really satisfied. A rushing, mighty wind. Now, I've seen here in the church, in the pews, in the song racks, the funeral home fans. Most of you know what I'm talking about. You can do that back and forth with that. And if Marty's got one and he's fanning, John can feel just a little bit of a breeze off of that. Or if Bobby's got a, a, a box fan sitting over there and it's on, Everybody on that row and maybe even over to Juanita could feel the breeze off of that. Or if you want to go on up, Keith brought when it went to Sunoco and got one of them big industrial fans and set it in the wall back there. It might could cool off everybody on this side of the building. But it don't take a funeral home fan. It don't take a box fan. It don't take an industrial fan. All that it takes to get to a mighty rushing wind is for us to come together in one mind, in one accord, being willing to be obedient and do exactly. Now listen. And do exactly what the Lord wants us to do. I've seen folks that don't know what the Spirit is. Have you? And I've seen them say things and do things that the Lord had nothing to do with. And most of the time it's very obvious. If it's of the Lord, it will lift your brother or sister up. If it's of the Lord, it will praise Him and honor Him and glory Him. And if it's not, it'll make me look good. Or it'll make that person look good that's doing the talking. Here's what... John the Baptist said, I must decrease he. He. It's all about him. He must increase. I need to get less of Mike in my life and more of God. Now we're flesh and sometimes that's hard to do. But if we'll allow the Lord, he'll help us to get there. A mighty rushing wind. I don't know how many folks we got here today, but I believe if I asked every, I hope, every member and everybody that's not a member would say you'd like to see a mighty rushing wind come by Dutch Bottoms. A spirit so strong. I've seen, Marty, I've seen all kinds of things happen when those services come by. I've seen sinners run to the altar. Not just one, two, three, four, five. I've seen preachers, not just one, two, three, or four, all on the floor at the same time. I've seen people shout. I've seen people run the aisles. Well, preacher, that's just that old holiness stuff. That's what all the dead babies say. 
If we had a little more holiness, we'd have a whole lot more wind. A rushing, mighty wind. And I can't contribute to the wind if I'm not where I need to be. So I just need to worry about Mike and get him where he needs to be. And when I'm where I need to be, I can help my church. All right. So that's the message.